The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. Welcome back to part two of my chat with Jen. Hope you enjoyed part one. And now it's time to hear the remainder. There's loads of good stuff in here. I know you're going to enjoy it. What would you say, Jen, to somebody who might be listening who is kind of not, is avoiding giving their diabetes as much space as they probably should? Mm. And similar to you, they could maybe be waiting for something like background retinopathy to occur for them to kind of have that wake up call. But obviously, we don't want to wait that late. We don't want to have something like that happen to us so that we have to kind of wake up to it is there anything you would say to them one-to-one to to urge them to just make even a small change to benefit their bloods yeah it's so hard because i wasn't really aware that i wasn't doing okay and no one really told me that but then equally if someone had i'd probably been like well i'm fine my diabetes is fine you know but Mm. i do remember at university like I never would take my insulin out with me on a night out and I would never take my blood sugar meter so god knows what my bloods were doing and obviously I didn't have um a libre or a dexcom at the time it was just finger pricking so you'd sort of go out and hope for the best and then maybe do a blood test when I got back but I don't even know if I was doing that so I just didn't have the awareness that I wasn't doing enough for my body and my type 1 diabetes but I would say you've got to get there in your own time but equally I found that once I do once I did start to give type 1 diabetes space in my life and give it a bit more it actually allowed me to do more and I was so sick of feeling sick by the time I did figure this out a bit more Like I was so tired, I was so lethargic, I was so grumpy and sad. Like I think we discussed this last week, a hyper for me, a high blood sugar. Oh, it's like a hypo is obviously more dramatically intense in the moment, but I know it's very quickly fixable as long as I've got the means to do that. It will go away quite quickly most of the time. Mm. But a high blood sugar for me, it just, it's like a monster descending on my shoulders and like dragging me down. And it, it takes away that kind of personality that I quite like in myself, you know? So 
I got to the point where I was just feeling so rubbish as a base level, but I, d- I guess I didn't quite realize because it had just become the norm. And once I started to give diabetes a bit of room, I got myself back almost, and it allowed me to then go and go on that holiday and and go and do that fun thing that I really want to do and embark on my career and, and give all these things my attention because I had a better understanding of what my body needed day to day. So actually it benefited me completely in the long run to, you know, pay more attention to my type one diabetes. It, it allowed me to live more of the life I wanted to live and feel good and feel well. And that for me is like priceless. It really is. Yeah. So ironically, it's almost like the more attention that you had given your diabetes, the more freedom you got from it. Yeah, really concisely well put. I realize my answers are so long. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what I should have said in about six words. (laughs) No, you put it, you put it well, you put it well. But I think that's, that's something that I really want everybody to understand. And look, don't get me wrong. I don't have it all figured out at all, but when we realize that the more we know about our diabetes, the more we know about our body, the more we educate ourselves about it and the more we understand it, the more freed we are from it. Yeah. And I think, and I I know I briefly said this with you last week too, if I don't give my diabetes attention, and I don't mean attention in, in the sense of like, paying attention to it 24 hours a day. But if I don't give it the attention that it deserves each day and that it requires, that will instantly and directly impact the quality of my life that day. Because I know that my bloods are going to be up and down and up and down and up and down. And I just don't want that. And like you said, you put it perfectly with that analogy of a monster on your shoulders with that high blood sugar. And if we give it that initial attention, you can kind of kick that monster off you a lot easier. Yeah. And I also think because I do still get really challenging blood sugar days, you know, and I but now I understand why it might be that I'm really stressed or I don't feel very grounded because I'm moving about too much or sleep is a huge one for me. I have to get my sleep and I appreciate that my body is doing so much to keep me alive because this tiny thing that happened to me and a few cells got destroyed the amount of work i now have to do (laughs) to keep myself alive and that's just (laughs) that's just a few cells in one organ do you know what i mean so the rest of my body is working so hard and as someone with type 1 diabetes my body also goes through quite a lot day to day because of what we have to do to replicate those cells so now when i do get those challenging blood sugar days i can appreciate one that it's not my fault i can appreciate that my body is doing its best and it's not trying to get catch me out it's not out to get me and i can also appreciate that the rest of the time on the whole i'm doing my best and i am healthy and that this one challenging blood sugar day doesn't mean i'm a terrible human it doesn't mean i'm a bad diabetic quote unquote and so i can attach less emotion to it and it's frustrating in the moment but I can also appreciate that it's just a drop in the ocean in terms of what I'm doing and what I'm giving my body and how I'm trying to work with it so I feel like those days I can handle a bit better because I've got this 
better overall bigger picture of my health and my type 1 diabetes as well. Yeah, I love it. As I said, it's like you you had a full 180 of your management and your your mindset around your your diabetes, which is great to hear. Jen, what was your initial motivation for starting the podcast? Because obviously you've your own podcast, Type 1 on 1. You interview loads of people that do amazing things and do simple things very well. But what made you want to start a podcast? So I trained in broadcast journalism and I've worked in radio and I've worked in telly and I've just always loved the medium of radio because you just turn on a mic and you have a chat. And as we were both saying, you know, we love talking to people and finding out about their lives. And I just felt like there wasn't that more informal space for people with type 1 diabetes, those kind of intimate conversations where you are just having a chat. And as you say, I don't necessarily seek to speak to people climbing mountains and, you know, setting themselves off into space. And that's amazing. And I think it's brilliant to have those kind of role models. But I wanted to speak to people about their day-to-day lives and the things that frustrate them and the nitty-gritty and also the ridiculous situations we get ourselves into because type 1 diabetes is a ridiculous condition. As I said, I think it's quite contradictory. You can say long and be like, oh, yeah, I get to do everything I want to do and then smack, like suddenly it becomes very serious and very life-threatening, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it, it, I flip-flop between those two and, and find that hard to kind of articulate and balance in my own mind. And... I'm there like with this career in media and I'm going around the world and stuff. But at the same time, I'm sat on the train with a juice box designed (laughs) for a four-year-old, you know, with Peppa Pig on the front. And I'm sat there like drinking, like my life depends on it because my life does depend on it. And, you know, I just find it quite hilarious that we go through these things every day, but we're all kind of doing it independently. We're all there alone in our little corners of the earth going through these mad experiences. So I just wanted to bring that somewhere and somewhere where people could almost feel like they were in that conversation with us, whether they were cleaning or walking the dog or driving, you know, and and kind of giggle and smile and nod or cry or whatever it is that, that we get to in the conversation. And I just felt like it wasn't really out there, that kind of thing. But I mean, there's some great podcasts out there now like yourself (laughs) so it's good it's good yeah it's been really fun and I just feel like it's such a privilege to sit and really chew this stuff over with people I love it so much it's wonderful yeah how do you think or do you think your own diabetes management has benefited from speaking to other diabetics around the world oh my gosh immeasurably like as much as we've been discussing taking an interest in your own condition. I'm not one for the science. I'm, I know that there's only so many numbers I can digest and there's only so much I'm going to understand about what technology is coming down the track because I'm so busy trying to do what I'm doing right now today with my type one diabetes. So like having more and more information out there now, when I started my blog in, I think it was 2010, maybe, 2009 there just wasn't really anyone out there talking about their diabetes there was just such a handful of us and I I did not know this and I did not know that what I was doing was different or novel or new and then suddenly Twitter just getting these messages of people who were like oh me too me too you know 
it was just incredible because I think up until that point, I did feel like I knew I wasn't the only one. And I randomly met someone I worked with in a shop when I was 17 who was type one. So I'd had that real experience of having someone else around me with type one, which was amazing. But to have all these different views and perspectives and different ways of dealing with the condition and different outlooks and different knowledge, like, I don't think I really could fathom that we were all out there all doing this until I started writing and speaking to people and interacting with people with type 1 diabetes. And I've learned so much. I've learned so, so much. And it's been invaluable, you know, to know that there are people out there at 3 a.m. when you're sweating and shaking and scrambling around for sugar and couldn't say your own name if you tried, (laughs) that there is probably someone else rolling down the stairs to the kitchen at the same time (laughs) (laughs) and it's not good you don't want anyone else to be going through that but you know it's it's it is comforting it is reassuring that you're not the only one yeah I feel very lucky to have interacted with so many people with type one and that's come from the podcast as well I've had a lot of messages with people saying I don't know anyone else I've never met anyone else with type one diabetes Mm. and so if that person hears my podcast and feels what I felt when I started blogging, like that's incredible to me. That's amazing. It's a strange sort of emotion that you feel getting a message like that, hearing from someone then that says they listen to the podcast and they love it and they've never met anyone in person with diabetes. And and I've had a couple of those messages myself. And it's strange to think that someone's listening to your own experiences with diabetes because it's something that you've just been doing mm. for so long. Yeah, really strange. And I went through 10, 11, 12 years of my life, maybe longer, until I started blogging, having only met that that one friend randomly. I'd met a couple of people in the world, as we say, along the way, you know, through childhood and stuff. But until, and it wasn't until I started writing and speaking about type 1 diabetes that I even could fathom that that was the case which sounds ridiculous because I knew there were people out there but yeah it's it's a special it's a really special thing it's something I don't take lightly at all I think yeah because we do know how vulnerable it can make you feel we know how isolating it can be and how difficult it can be so yeah it, it is a really special thing and I wouldn't have it without type 1 diabetes. So, you know. Exactly. There you there go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Point out the positives again. <laughs> From the episodes that you've done so far, Jen, is there any story, any experience, any piece of advice someone has told you that has really stuck with you, that stands out to you, even just off the top of your head? Gosh. Everyone's Big so, or small. Yeah. All the people I've spoken to are so incredibly unique. And that's kind of more standout to me in that we're all doing this thing, which on the surface of it, you know, looks the same. We take insulin, we test our blood sugars. We do our best every day to stay alive. <laughs> but <laughs> everyone's perspective, everyone's experience is unique. And some people are more positive than others. Some people view it as, xyz and and that to me has been real standout you know i've had people i've had people message me who are scared to get on planes because it is daunting and people who you know never thought they'd be able to have a baby and they've had a baby with type one and you know and then there are people who are breaking records and and 
being sporting heroes. And I think it's the extraordinary in the ordinary that that really gets to me. Like some people have made me want to be, to use my voice more. Nina Wadia, the actor, she was so fervent in her drive to speak out and change the way things are done and raise more awareness. And that made me feel more conscious that I could use my voice more or better. But then, you know, I had a mum, Annie Assel, who had a baby and her baby was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at two, three months old. And I just, oh, it broke my heart. Like, how how you get through that as a parent like a baby cannot articulate that their blood sugar is low and the amount of insulin that a baby requires to digest a meal is so small like to get through that and to try and figure out how to dose insulin in your tiny baby's arm or leg or foot oh my gosh that broke my heart and she is a phenomenal woman but also one of the kindest most gentle, loving women as well. And this is this is what I mean about these things that you go through and how they shape you. Um, everyone's been amazing. Rory Douglas Speed was so funny. He just was hilarious. And he made me howl at the things that we collectively got up to. And then, you know, some people are more open, some people are more reserved. And I've spoken to people who've had type 1 diabetes for 50 plus years. So the advancement in management and technology is you know, historic. So yeah, it's, I'd check it out if I were you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Get the plug in there. <laughs> Absolutely. If you're listening to this podcast right now, well, continue to listen to this podcast, but don't actually, no, turn this episode off right now and go listen to Jen's <laughs> podcast. You'll love it. It's amazing. It's amazing. Appreciate that. <laughs> Jen, you asked me a very interesting question when I was on your podcast last week and yeah. I wanted to ask you it back, but I knew it was your podcast, so I didn't want to didn't want to take the reins fully. But <laughs> as we both know, living with diabetes itself is obviously very time consuming and, and hardworking and challenging. And when you add on top of that, then a podcast and your blog and your YouTube channel, there's so much of your life that is surrounded by type one. And an interesting question that you asked me that I'm going to ask you right now is how do you separate yourself from diabetes or do you, do you try to do that? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I should have known this was coming and I should have talked <laughs> about it a bit. Um, yeah. I don't think I have it as extreme as you because it's not my full-time job. I do the podcast because I love it. And, you know, I have, I guess my Instagram is, is very type one focused, but equally my Instagram isn't totally type 1 diabetes focused and I've noticed that before and wondered whether I should but I think yes type 1 diabetes is a huge part of my life and who I am but it's not all that I am I have many many interests and many many things that I care about and love and to me they are very very important in terms of then being able to handle whatever type 1 diabetes might throw at me that day that week that month that year I need those other touch points to make it okay because I'm fulfilled in other ways and that makes the wave the absolute tidal wave the assault course that is Taiwan diabetes <laughs> easier to handle because I've got these other touch points in my life that fill me with joy and love so 
for me, it's making sure that I do other things alongside taking care of myself. Um, exercise is a big one for me, but not physically, you know, I'm not striving to be a certain size or a certain weight. It's, it's much more about the mind. And that has helped me immeasurably. But I had to find something that I enjoyed doing. You know, I think you have to find something fun to not view it as a burden, you know. Um, my friends, my career, being creative. Like if I couldn't be creative, I think I'd, I'd really struggle. But all of these things kind of contribute to the, again, the messy shades of grey, the melting pot that is my life. And and diabetes is in there. It's in every part of it. You know, if I go for a run, I have to think about my blood sugars. And if I go out with my friends for a night, I have to make sure that I've got enough stuff with me. And if I go traveling, which I'm about to do, my goodness, the admin with type 1 diabetes is phenomenal. But to me, it's worth it because that helps me live with type 1 diabetes better. Um, and separate myself even though it's there it it does kind of it it separates the admin and the the kind of burden and the drain of type one i think from the rest of my life love it Hmm. really nicely put and i think that's the same for myself because it is a part of me personally but it's also a part of me professionally it's important that touching back on our, our little our little things each day, it's important that I can focus on seeing friends or going for a swim in the morning or reading a book or just that kind of quiet time where you do get a brief break from things. Mm. And again, for me, being in that present moment and just kind of being still, as you said earlier. I have one more question for you, Jen. Yeah. If you had the opportunity, now this is a strange one, if you had the opportunity to thank diabetes for something, what would that be? Oh, that's a great question. I think there's there's a few things to be honest. I'm trying to like I would I would give it a talking to. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but equally, I think the main one because it's more outward focus and it's given me more is is probably compassion because I can appreciate that everyone's got something that they're dealing with and type 1 diabetes is a so-called invisible illness and for me it's just ever present like we've said we have to think about it so often every single day first thing I do when I wake up is check my blood sugar last thing at night check my blood sugar look at my insulin on board think back to like what I've eaten that evening you know it's constant 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 and I think no one would know that unless I'm sat here articulating it, you know, to yourself. No one would know that day to day unless I actually spoke it out loud. So it's really given me compassion for other things that people are going through and what they might be dealing with that you have absolutely no idea about. And I really think that type 1 diabetes has a huge part to play in that for me. And so thanks. Thanks, type 1. <laughs> Beautifully put. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. Yeah. Now, I've really, really enjoyed this chat. I have to say, I'm almost going to ask you on for another episode straight away. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't believe it's been 50 minutes. I'm so sorry. I know, it's mad. I've had so many more questions and all I've done is given you the world's longest answer for everything. But, but that's it. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, could, I could actually speak to you all day, but I'm thinking, um, I'm sure I'm sure the listener has 
other other things to do throughout their day. Yeah, sorry about that. So <laughs> where can people find out more about you, hear from you, or make contact with you? So predominantly these days, it would be Instagram. So I'm at Miss Jen Greaves, and Greaves is spelled G-R-I-E-V-E-S, which as we've discussed for people who are quite positive, is, is a really sad, <laughs> it's quite a sad sentence. So Greaves like the grieving, <laughs> that's how you spell it. So it's Miss Jen Greaves and I'm there and like feel free to drop me a message or view more of my ramblings. But I also have a blog, at, uh, which is missjengreaves.com. I'm also on YouTube intermittently. Um, there's many ways you can come and say hello, but Instagram's probably the best because I'm there all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. If you haven't checked out Jen's stuff yet, definitely, definitely do. She puts out a lot of really, really good content out there. And if you're not connected with her, you're missing out. So go do it. Turn off this podcast. (laughs) Go do it right now. Jen, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I really, really enjoyed this chat. Me too. Thank you so much for inviting me on. And thank you for everything you're doing with this podcast and all around the online world. I think we're all the better community for having you with us. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Take care. Chat soon. You too. Bye. And there we go. Another big, big, big thank you to Jen for coming on. Really appreciate her time. I know I always say something similar at the end of the interviews I do with guests on the podcast, but personally, I always get so much from these chats and I love getting an insight, particularly into other people's mindset around their diabetes. And I think Jen has almost like an infectious sort of positive aura about how she views her diabetes. And even before we press record, me and Jen were briefly talking and we were both saying how it's important to be realistically positive. And what we meant by that, and Jen went into more detail when we were chatting, and she said, it's important not to just think that we can be positive with our diabetes and everything's fantastic all the time because that's just not true. Being realistically positive means that for the most part, you try to be positive when you can, but also realizing that the negative still exists. And that goes with pretty much every aspect of our life. There's rarely something that's just positive and there's rarely something that's just negative. And it seems as though with certain situations, it's about kind of digging under the surface to try and find that positive because it's harder to find a positive in a negative situation when you're in that negative situation. So if you haven't already, be sure to get involved with Jen's content online. Her blog posts, her YouTube videos, her podcast offer some really, really helpful tips and advice we can all use to improve our lives with type 1 diabetes. As always, thank you for your time. I know our time is a very valued asset, so I appreciate you tuning in with me. I hope you enjoyed the chat. Looking forward to the next episode. And of course, I always look forward to your emails and your messages. So if you're listening right now and you have a story, you have a question, you have something you would like to share with myself, the podcast, and Graham, please don't hesitate to reach out. We love, love getting these emails. Some of them are fantastic. So how you do that is send an email to theinsalonepodcast at gmail.com and we'll get you on here. And also, 
what we want to do, what I want to start doing is if you do have a question or a story or something you would like to share and you want us to do it publicly on the podcast, we'd love to tag you specifically in our social posts. So if you follow me on Instagram, you obviously see that each week I do a podcast post for whatever the episode is. So if you're getting in touch, if you're sending an email, if you want to drop your Instagram tagline or your Instagram name, whatever it might be, we'll tag you in those posts because obviously we do the episodes where it's just listener stories, emails and questions. So if you drop your Instagram at the bottom of your email, we'll tag you in there so you'll know that your question is being answered in that episode. As always, have a good day, have a good week, look after those blood sugars, and I'll chat to you soon.